Hi everyone, this is Chris Lee, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Launch School Podcast. In this episode, I had a chance to chat with Sunny Beatty, a senior software engineer at DigitalOcean and Capstone alum. This conversation was recorded a few months back in March 2020. Many of you who hang out in the Launch School chat room probably have seen his name around. Sonny's always amazing to speak with because he's so open and willing to share. And despite all his achievements, he has no ego. And I hope through this conversation, it sheds light on the attitude and approach anyone at Launch School can take to reach their career goals. In this conversation, we chat a bit about day-to-day life at DigitalOcean, what projects he's working on, how he got promoted so quickly just two years in. And he even gave a breakdown of his salary progression from when he first joined to his post-promotion salary. We also talked a bit about his post-capstone job hunt and how it takes luck, confidence, and preparation to land that ideal job. It's a great conversation. By the way, if you take time to leave us a positive review for us on either Apple or Google, it helps us spread the word. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a good review. Thanks, and I really hope you do enjoy it. Welcome to the Launch School Podcast, where we discuss education, programming, and how to build a rewarding career in software engineering. Welcome to another episode of the Launch School Podcast. Today with me is Sunny Beatty, a software engineer at DigitalOcean and Capstone grad from about two years ago. Thanks for stopping by today, Sunny. How are you doing? Doing great, Chris. How's it going? Yeah, doing well. Just trying to survive the the virus here, the coronavirus. We're in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah. How are you doing out in New York with uh, with the lockdown? Uh, I mean, it's de- definitely a little tough. But I mean, um, I work at a definitely a remote first company, so the, there's a little bit of a switch. But uh, I've been I've been able to get through it pretty well. Yeah, I guess just no more free lunches in the office. Maybe that's the big thing. Yeah, that's the. I guess that's one of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest perks that's been removed so far. Um, do you want to give a quick intro about yourself and maybe a background real quick before we kind of get into to your story and your journey, which is really, really interesting? Yeah, for sure. I'll give a little synopsis. Um, so 29 years old, um, live in Brooklyn, New York right now. I kind of was from Seattle, uh, Seattle, Washington beforehand, but I actually moved to New York about four years ago uh, with my wife. Um, before kind of finding launch school and switching into tech, I kind of bounced around a bit. I majored in oceanography at college, uh, University of Washington. Then I went and did uh, a year of AmeriCorps because I was really sure what to do. I uh, graduated in 2012. Okay. And then traveled a bit, you know, traveled in Europe. My mom's French, so I knew I spoke some French. So I traveled in Europe for a bit. Did a year of AmeriCorps, just to kind of like putting off, trying to decide, doing, uh, decide on, a, on a career. I uh, thought about doing physical therapy while in firefighting for a bit um, and then finally kind of bounced around until uh, my wife was kind of like, you know, you need, to, you need to pick something. You need to really focus on something. And so, you know, she's a tech uh, field herself. And so she's the, actually the one who kind of introduced me to it. And so when she kind of, when she kind of applied the pressure to me, you know, I was like, okay, well, I've been wanting to do tech for a while. You know, I've, I've, I've seen like Silicon Valley and I was like kind of the TV shows and I've met developers through her. Uh, through her work, so I was like, you yeah, know, let's try it out. Like, I've been hearing more people switching into this career. Um, I guess when I was in high school, I, I always thought like I couldn't do tech because you had to be doing tech from like a really young age. And so I kind of gave up on that idea at first until I heard more and more people switching to tech. And so that's when I, you know, decided to switch, uh, found launch school, and that's kind of uh, that's where we are now. Yeah, that's great. And you found launch school, finished Capstone about two years ago. So now you've been at DigitOcean for two years, uh, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's that? What's that experience been like? Sort of, what's your day to day and technology stack that you use or projects, things like that? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to like overhype it too much, but I, I would say like g- being able to get DigitalOcean as my first job in tech has been kind of like pretty ideal, um, just because there's a lot of things that I love about DigitalOcean, especially like in a job overall, but especially in a, a first job in tech. Um, I guess just kind of go over DigitalOcean a little bit, like remote company, we do kind of infrastructure as a service. So similar to Amazon Web Services or Google Cloud Platform. Um, I work on the managed storage, managed storage products team. So we're in charge of a lot of the managed, managed storage products, like kind of what the name says. Uh, so object storage, block storage, 
databases, um, CDN, and we're actually going to do, uh, we're, we're working on static sites as a new kind of uh, new product that we're rolling out soon. Um, but in terms of the, in terms of like how I enjoy Dio, like it's great, like lots of freedom, you know, being out, being, since it's a remote company, you know, you get to work, I, I work in the office in uh, New York, there's a headquarters in New York, but my team, um, now there's more people in New York, but when I first joined my team, I was the only person in New York. Hmm. So all my, my, my entire team was spread, spread out across the US, like my manager wasn't even in the office. So it was definitely a, so how the time zone works? You don't have to work at 9 a.m., I guess, just whenever you want? Yeah, I mean, when I first joined, I was like, you know, I was gung-ho, so I'd get in the office really early, like maybe 8.30, and like, trying to get my work done. But slowly over time, you know, you kind of realize that no one's tracking your hours, and like, you can get your work done at any time. So definitely my, my start time has slowly drifted towards probably like 10.30 or 11 now. Yeah, that's awesome. And and what, what projects are you working on? Um, I mean, you said the managed... A storage team. Um, are, are you allowed to say kind of what you're working on or specifically or, or, or not? Or like technology stack, for example, if people might be interested in that? Yeah, I'll go over a little bit what we do. So in terms of stack, um, my team works primarily in Go. So all of our services are kind of built in a microservice architecture. So all of our services are, at least all the new services are written in Go. Um, and we, we run them on top of an internal Kubernetes, Kubernetes cluster that we that is managed by the company. Um, we use MySQL as a database layer. We use Kafka as a, a message broker. Uh, some of our services use RabbitMQ as, as well. So it's kind of, it's kind of like the messaging layer. Um, in terms of legacy, you know, Theo is not the, not the oldest company at all, but that's not the youngest too. So we're probably eight, seven, seven years old, eight years old. So we do have some legacy stuff and for my team, particularly, our legacy is written in Ruby, which actually is great for me just because that's what I learned at launch school. So I think that's actually one of the biggest reasons they uh, hired me was because even though I didn't know Go, I knew I knew quite a bit of Ruby. And so they kind of trusted me to learn Go. And they kind of like a lot of my, lot of my first projects were actually um, handling the more legacy code written, uh, and written in Rails. So I was able to kind of uh, adapt the architecture through that. Um, and then in terms of the products that uh, I work on, we have a product called Spaces, which is a, our object storage. It's kind of equivalent to Amazon S3, if people, people who know about that. Uh, we also have a CDN offering. It's kind of equivalent to uh, CloudFront. And then uh, the products that we've been working on most recently are our databases as a service. So we, off we offer managed databases to our customers. So right now we have Redis, MySQL, and Postgres. And then um, we have, we're working on a new uh, database provider that I probably can't say anything too much right now. I'm working on kind of the technical deep dive and proof of concepts right now, because we're still in the discussion phase with the partner to you know, establish a business partnership. Um, but if that goes well, that'd be, that'd be really exciting. I'll be able to reveal the name at, at a later time, but it's, it's definitely a very well-known uh, database provider. Uh, so that's one of the projects that we're working on right now. And the other big one that we're kind of focusing on is static sites. So offering a static sites offering similar to Netlify mm -hmm. or um, GitHub Pages. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's, you're you're sort of working on the infrastructure side, the 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 tools and products that enable web development, right? And I think yep. that's one level lower than what you would traditionally call full stack development. That's where you want to be, I think, right? At least um, you want to try to get to because that's where. Um, really your leverage as a software engineer is, is really um, maximized. Now, if, you, if somebody asks you uh, what you do, how do you describe that to, let's say, somebody who's kind of new to tech, not totally ignorant of you know, programming, but um, there's this term, you know, full stack development or back-end development or front-end development. How do, you, how do you sort of describe what you do um, to someone who, who's asking you um, for, for, for some details? Yeah, I mean, I... If people are looking for like the, 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 the definitive term of what I do, I usually say I focus more on the back end. Um, but I guess the nice thing, I like, uh, the nice way of putting it is like I'm a, pro I'm a problem solver. So I have done some front end code at Dio, not very much. That's why I say I'm primarily uh, back end. Um, but yeah, I think Dio is kind of big enough to now where we definitely have teams that specialize in different areas. I think like startups, you might hear more of that full stack developer term uh, kind of thrown around. Definitely at Dio, we don't really use that term like, at all so much. I haven't, right. I haven't really used it. I haven't really heard it used by people. 
it's typically it's typically more systems engineer, backend engineer, front end engineer, kind of stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I would say like my wife has worked at startups and definitely full stack where you're working on both. You know, you're in charge of working on the front end, and then the next day you might get a task to work on the back end and like the back end API. So those kind of things, you I think you hear more in the startup world where they kind of expect you to wear more hats. Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that's uh, that term is a little little odd, and and um, it really yeah, you're a problem solver, right? You can work pretty much anywhere, and um, but you have certain preferences. Now let me ask you this. Um, I get asked this question a lot by people in the in earlier in the launch school curriculum. Um, they always ask how you know how do I get into a company like DigitOcean if I don't have a PhD in computer science or I don't come from this hardcore computer science background? Can I even get there? So I think first of all you got there, great. Mm-hmm. But what what's the profile of some of your colleagues? Are they are there a lot of bootcamp grads? Are there mostly CS majors? Do they all have you know PhDs in computer science? Um, I would say the breakdown. I have yeah. I haven't talked to. Oh. At least in terms of my team, my team primarily, I would say we have definitely some uh, CS graduates. I would say the majority actually. There's me and I know two. Of, my team, my team size is five people, and me and two other engineers I know do not have a CS degree. So actually, my team is more than half kind of self-taught. Oh, actually, I guess full disclosure. Actually, another another launch school alumni is on my team, so we're both right. you know from launch school. Um, so we don't have CS degrees, and then. My tech lead, I think, has a CS degree, and then a new hire we have, I think, has a CS degree. But I definitely know of other people in the company who have done boot camps in the past or have come from more self-taught, untraditional backgrounds. And um, yeah, yeah, like they're definitely, I would say I've yet to see someone that's graduated from a boot camp and this be their first job at a boot camp. Mm-hmm. I do know some boot camp grads at DO that are like, you know, senior levels, but they have been at other companies before here so that this wasn't the first uh, company out, out, uh, after their boot camp and so i guess so the so the day-to-day um and and the project you're working on and the type of work that you do um another question i get a lot from people from current students at launch school is how how does what they're learning now which seems so you know focused on narrow um how does that map to sort of your your job at that DigitOcean? um can you, I feel like I know the answer and it's kind of setting you up a little bit, but like, I think people just want to hear it from like another source, right? Besides me. Do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. I mean, obviously the biggest ones are just how to problem solve. I think it's one of the biggest things that I launched with teachers is like how to, you know, the, the PDAC system, how to break down large problems into smaller subtasks and like just focus on those things. Uh, that was definitely one of the big things I, I had to really hone at DigitalOcean just because when I came in, you know, it felt like a fire hose. Cause like my first tech company, um, my team was really small. There's only there's only three of us, and one of us, one of them actually went on a vacation right when I joined, or soon after I joined. There's only two of us. You know, we have these these large tasks to finish up because we it was like a our product deadline soon. And so you know, they're giving me, they're giving me all these tasks. Like you know, we need we need you to do these five API endpoints that do these certain things. You know, at first like it's just overwhelming. It's like oh man. Am I, am I really the right person for this? Like, did I just have somehow sneak into this job and now I have to yeah. actually like get and do stuff? But, you know, you have to just like kind of calm yourself down, go. And then, you know, if you have a system in place, you can kind of rely on that system to just break down problems. And once you, once you kind of study, once you kind of like research a problem a little bit, you realize what you first thought was like, oh man, it seems so grandiose and impossible. Like, oh, well, if you know, I just focus on this thing, like, which then leads to this other thing. And like over time, it's kind of, builds up into like the system um so yeah like problem solving is probably the number one thing i learned from launch school for uh, this job uh, in terms of like technical technical things there's obviously you know concrete technical things that i learned at, at launch school that uh, that helped me for this you know such as like just how the internet works http networking um luckily like my company uses rails which we learned at, digit, uh, at uh, launch school too so that was like a very transferred over really easily um, but in terms of like, you know, I had to learn Go at DigitalOcean, which we didn't learn Go in launch school, but having gone through launch school curriculum and, you know, you learned Ruby for the back end, you learned JavaScript for the front end. At that time, I had already learned two languages. So I knew that like, okay, learning another language is just, you know, figure out the syntax. You know, you, you know what you need to do essentially, but you just need to figure out how this language does it. Like 
the syntax that this language uses to do it. And so, you know, you like just learning all the fundamentals essentially, I guess it's like a, yeah. the big, the big logical push, like learn the fundamentals, which yeah, you, you gotta, you gotta learn the fundamentals. Right. And I think a lot of people get into our first course 101 and just have a horrible time with it because it's so difficult to get through. But there are so many meta skills in that course. It's not just, we now have a JavaScript track. So it's not just learning Ruby or JavaScript. It's learning how to learn your first programming language, learning how to learn a programming language, key concepts about these higher level programming languages that you need to just pay absolute attention to, like mutation of objects, right? Passing by reference or value. And once you can conceptualize these ideas in one programming language, they transfer really well to another language because then you don't have to build up those mental models anymore. You just It's just like a syntactical difference and remembering the sort of quirks or differences between these different languages. Um, so important. And I think this is why people have a hard time with our first course. But once you get through that, it really unlocks a lot of things, including learning, you know, these more advanced, or I should say advanced languages, but just different languages, right, that, that uh, employers might demand. Um, Another thing I wanted to mention is this idea of sort of feeling like even though you went through logical and capstone and and, and uh, pretty rigorous training, you still are experiencing sort of this, oh man, can I do it? And it's, um, you still have to learn, right? Like a lot of people think that a good training program is one that gives you all the knowledge necessary to do a work. That's just not true at all in our field, right? It's impossible. No. <laughs> um, and actually, what I always say is, if you end up in a job where you know like 100% what to do, that's not a good job. That's, that you're doing the same thing over and over. You, you know, you have full control over it. We actually encourage people to not vie for those jobs, not apply for those jobs, right? So the reason why, at least in my opinion, why engineering is fun and interesting, frankly, why, why the salaries are good, is that you're solving problems that are new, that you don't really know how to solve. And so the skill necessary to do that type of work is just-in-time learning, which is unlocked by fundamentals, right? Like there's this dependency. You can't just go and do it. You have to have some fundamentals. So I think you're experiencing all these things that we try to teach at launch school, problem solving, learning how to learn languages, um, learning how to unlock just-in-time learning. Mm -hmm. And you're just, you're like experiencing that firsthand. Um, Another benefit of doing this well is that you have lots of opportunities, right? So um, I think you mentioned to me a while back that uh, I don't know if you got recruited or ping, got pinged by Facebook and, and GitHub um, and, and the salaries that uh, sort of they, they, were, they were whispering were, were, were quite high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that yeah. a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So um... It, all of that can actually stem from my capstone project. So um, the capstone project I did at Launch School was Conclave. So it was a essentially kind of like a Google Google Docs towards a collaborative text editor, but we kind of worked in a decentralized system. So kind of a we built kind of a peer-to-peer -peer system for that, and um, that was very that was very intriguing to some some teams um, at, at like one one particular team at Facebook. So after I joined DigitalOcean, I got messaged by uh, a, a team manager at Facebook, and he had. I think he had seen uh, our team's like case study for Conclave. And so they were actually doing something very similar or like a kind of peer-to-peer -peer kind of um, able to maintain state in a peer-to-peer -peer system kind of thing for their VR. So I think it was like, um, they were working on essentially the infrastructure for maybe Oculus or something like that. I can't remember what exactly what it was, but he reached out to me and he wanted me to go you know, talk to one of the engineers on the uh, VR team. And so I, I like, I'm not, I'm not gonna pass up a, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a official interview or anything like that. So I was like, I'm not, and he's like, oh, you know, you, you can come to the Facebook office, you can get lunch from our engineers. Like, yeah, yeah I want to do that. I want to go, I want to see the Facebook office. And so, you know, I went to the Facebook office, talked to the engineer. And it was interesting to see just how, like, transferable, uh, you know, different skills and just different skill sets are different companies. So, you know, and and. In Capstone, we learned about like decentralized state and like consistency and decentralized system for our little like web app. But that has implications for also much larger systems. So even though I've never worked on a VR system before, like the core fundamental things I was working on that were transferable to that team. So that's why they wanted to kind of mm -hmm. meet with me and just like see, uh, you know, pick my brain essentially a little bit. Um, so that's what that's uh, that's what the Facebook opportunity was, 
And it didn't really go, it didn't really go much into an actual interview, but you know, I definitely, I know some people who work at Facebook and, you know, salary, uh, total compensation there can go from like, I don't know, two easily, easily over 200, 200K and then even into 300K. Like that's, that's, if you, you know, you see like senior engineers who can easily make 200K yeah. at Facebook. You know, we actually have um, a capstone grad who is on the Oculus VR team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I know he's making a decent amount of money over there. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah, um, it's in a different, he's on the podcast too. So different episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, and, and GitHub. Yeah. So GitHub, that was, I interviewed with GitHub at the same time I was interviewing with, with DigitalOcean. And it's also actually, you know, very similar to, uh, it, it was all tied kind of to the Capstone project. So when I was, uh, in my job search for, you know, after, after Capstone, I gave a talk at a meetup about our Conclave project. And it, a lot, uh, it was very similar to a different product that came out from GitHub around the same time called Teletype. It was like a collaborative, um, collaborative editing mode on their Atom IDE. And so one of the engineers at GitHub um, was at my meetup talk. And I, I had no idea at the time, but afterwards he, he met up with me. He's like, oh yeah, I know um, Jason Rudolph is one of the main engineers who created, created Teletype. And I mentioned Teletype in my talk because it happened. It came out around the same time. And so the engineer came up to me. He's like, "Oh yeah, I know Jason. Like he's a great guy. Um, I can give you a referral to to GitHub if you're if you're looking for an, uh, a new position." And so from that referral, um, I I was able to get an interview, and I, I did make it to the final round. And I actually I stopped. Uh, I actually turned down GitHub after I got the DigitalOcean job just because DigitalOcean was my first pick. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, actually, the, the the person who gave me a referral to DigitalOcean. He now actually works on GitHub, and I was talking to him about a year ago, kind of talking about his his compensation, and he's just just base salary. I think he's making over two hundred k. So you know, those there's definitely, I'm I'm doing pretty well myself for a digital ocean, but you know, there's definitely a, a very vast ceiling that people don't really realize that there's yeah. there's a very you can go pretty far in tech. I know, and I think this is one of the things I always try to convince people to think about, and this is why it's worth trying to maximize your potential right trying to trying to reach high if you don't hit it that's okay but mm. that it, it it really unlocks a lot of things and i keep using that word unlock i know but it, it is it does feel that way right it's sort of like once you cross that chasm you're no longer vying for like jobs that pay 50 or 60. instead your opportunities are with these companies that are just it's and, and salary to me again it's a reflection of the quality of job it's not necessarily like we're we're aiming for a certain, you know, salary number, right? But it just unlocks so much opportunity, so many opportunities for you when you when you try to go there, as opposed to, you know, just settling for sort of the nearest opportunities around you, right? Um, and and that's one of the things I always try to encourage people to think about, especially if if you've already, you know, found launch school. And again, people who find launch school, they're not they're always like we're always the last ones they find so it resonates with them for some reason and the message right the message of learning something well if you're already in that mindset it shows that you have greater ambitions than you know just getting a job in tech right it shows that you want really want to understand and learn learn things well so aim high right that's and then what's the benefit right some because a lot of people will will kind of always push back a little bit and and rightfully so, everyone has different personal situations, but they always push back to say, hey, if I live over here, you know, I make less, it's totally cool. But yes, yes, but, right, it really, there's just so many other opportunities that gets unlocked if you're, if you're able to just go, go to distance. I mean, that's kind of like how, that was like the reason why I was definitely drawn to launch school, just because, you know, it definitely, I was, it was a very similar position for me. I first started learning to code uh, January 2016, but I didn't do it through launch school. I first did Team Treehouse, I did Lynda.com. I, 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 I was doing all these different like tutorial sites and you know, I had no idea what I didn't know already. So I did like six months of that. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm totally ready to get a job now. And like, I had no idea what I was like, what was it you don't know what you don't know kind of thing. And then, so when I found launch, like I was looking at other possible ways to kind of leverage or, um, Kind of increase my, uh, increase my portfolio worthiness. So I was looking at like certificates and boot camps, and I think like when I first saw launch school, I mean I'm kind of the person that's always drawn to like the tough, toughest things. So, like <laughs> in school, I was always trying to go for like 
you know, the, the, the special class, like the high level classes. And like, you know, everyone's like, oh, it's, you know, it's gonna be really hard, you know, just, just know it's gonna be really hard. But whenever people like tell me like, oh, it's gonna be really hard. It, I don't know, for some reason, like it, it draws me more to it. And so when like, you know, the uh, launch, launch schools marketing, it's like, this is a very slow path. It's not, it's not easy. It's not for, it's not for the absolute beginner. You know, it's gonna take you a while, but this is gonna be the way to get you there. And even though like, you know, essentially you're saying, don't come here unless you're really serious about it. Like that was like definitely the thing that drew me to it just because I've always been that kind of person to kind of go towards a harder thing, even though it might definitely not the easiest way of doing things. Yeah. But the reward is better, right? You're, if you aim yeah, higher. Sure. And so, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I think this is why we have such a great community because people who feel that way, you know, they're, they're drawn to this type of program. And, and there's a reason why launch schools like this. I don't know that there was like special, you know, marketing target here. It's just like, that's how I am too, right? Like that, that's a reflection of, of me as well. And I always think about launch school being something I wish I had early in my career, you know, like, like, like a curriculum that really just showed me the path as opposed to like the easiest way. Right. Um, so let me, let me, uh, kind of go back to, to your story. Um, you, you told me recently you got promoted. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Two years Thank in, promoted. You. That's <laughs> not bad. Um, what what was that process like? Did you did you ask for it, or was it just kind of a part of an annual process, or or what? No, so that's definitely one like um, that's definitely something I learned. It's like definitely a uh, you know playing the game kind of thing when it comes to tech. So like when I first joined uh, DigitalOcean, you know after a year, it's like you know it's been a year now. It's kind of like a milestone. Like what should I be kind of aiming for? And so I was kind of talking with my colleagues and. You know, I was gauging how uh, how long how long had they been there, what level they were, uh, how long did it take them to, for them to get promoted, kind of stuff. And it was kind of interesting, just the the disparity I saw. Like some people were able to get promoted with like within a year or like within within two years, pretty easily. Some people had been in the same position for like three years, and they're all you know it wasn't like you know they were all staff engineers. And it was just it just took like ten years to get to the next level, just because that's how it is when you're super high. They were all kind of like my level. And it was interesting to see that, you know, the, the variance of like, why, why was that person able to get promoted so quickly versus, you know, someone else? And the thing I actually learned from, or what I kind of gauged was just that the people who were able to get promoted faster just, just asked for it. Like it was, it was kind of a simple thing, but mm -hmm. they were just asking for it. They're, they're applying a pressure to the manager. And, you know, it's one of those things where we, I think, you know, tech usually, Seen, it's seen as a meritocracy and I definitely believe it to a good point as a meritocracy but there's still like the game the politics game you gotta play sure and a lot of it just comes down to like just asking for what you want and it, it can be intimidating so did you um, ask I, for it yeah after my first year I had a, a performance review with my manager after the first year I was like hey um I want to get to the next level what, what do we got to do and from there we just kind of you know form, formulated a plan and you know set some milestones and it took it took a little while just because um, DigitalOcean kind of changed up their um, their performance like their performance review process. So it took a little longer just because there was a transition period. But yeah, we I had to you know I, I asked for it. I demonstrated the work. I had kind of created a case for myself, and yeah, it went through, and now I got promoted. It's amazing how some of this advice is simple but hard. Like just ask for a raise. Like that's hard, right? But it's simple advice but hard to execute. And I think sometimes too, like we look at these these salaries that we get at launch school too. It's like, how do you get those? It's like, well, you have to be willing to not take a job that's lower, <laughs> like turn down mm -hmm. a 80,000, turn down a 120 to get that 135. It's like easy to say, really hard to do, right? Yeah. So, um, so follow up with that, with, with the promotion, do you, and this is a sensitive question. We don't, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, or we can deflect or something, but everybody wants to know, Right, all the logical people want to know. Uh, are you willing to share your salary and um, or the salary you you uh, ex you got maybe in the beginning, if not if not your current one? Yeah, I can kind of give you the the process, I guess, like uh, from when I first joined to now, if that's helpful. Yeah, sure. Um, so when I first joined DigitalOcean, uh, I was offered a offer letter for 145 base salary and a 5% bonus uh, per year, I guess. Like that's what the, a lot of companies give out a bonus per year. And so I guess the total compensation was around 152, um, but the base salary of 145. 
after the first year, I was given a merit-based increase of 5% to my base salary. So after the first year, I was raised to 152K. And then my second year now, um, I was promoted to senior, senior engineer one, and I was given a 10% base salary raise. Also, my, my bonus went from 5% to 10%, which I didn't know, I didn't realize it was gonna happen, so it's kind of a nice added bonus. Uh, so now I make 167 with a 10% bonus. So I guess total compensation is around 183. That's two years after Capstone. Yeah. And you were in launch school from start to finish for a year and a half? Uh, I w- yeah, so I, j- I started August 2016. I started Capstone kind of around the same time the next year, so August or September 2017. And I got the job at DO March, tw- March 27th, 2000. Right, because yeah, your entire um, default cohort was the entire thing. So you started your job hunt like in January. Um, yeah. And two months later, started. Yeah. So that's pretty fast. I mean, 2016, you know, it, it, not too much programming experience, and now we're 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 like 180. Yeah, no, that's a. Um, I think you, you mentioned this before, but like uh, I think you I forgot what what article you posted, but you mentioned that one grad had said that they had quadrupled their. Oh yeah, their the, pre- the Thanksgiving article. When yeah, I was like, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then um one you know one one capstone grad had had uh, increased like quadruple. And you know, that's like, uh, and that's definitely the same story for me. The the, the best job I had before uh, launch school was I was working as a rehab technician in a um, physical therapy uh, clinic, making about fourteen dollars an hour, oh, and that was man. the last job I had before launch school. So like, literally fourteen dollars an hour to one hundred forty five k in like a little like two two years. Uh, yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's pretty impressive. I want to read. I want to read some notes. So we take notes on all our students. Um, if you don't mind, I'll share some notes from when you joined. This is about three years ago. All all these I notes. Go for it. Uh, okay. Uh, so first quote. I forget. I don't know who wrote this. It might have been me. <laughs> Shows promise. I like his code for the most part, but he didn't test his edge cases too well, which is normal. So, so uh, I wanted to share that because I wanted everyone to hear that. Like even though, you know, we're pretty strict at launch school, right? We're and the reason why we're strict is because we're preparing you for something, right? We're preparing you for these these job interviews. And I always want to make sure that, like, the experience that you get at launch school prepares you for it adequately so that you don't feel that there's a big gap. Um, mm-hmm. So this is not to pick on you, Sonny. This is definitely to show that, you know, even <laughs> though you're a very successful software engineer, obviously well on your way to a great career and obviously making a lot of money and all that, um, or still early some notes here you know we, we you still you still you weren't a hundred percent perfect maybe you know 90 plus percent for sure though uh okay quote <laughs> here's another one doesn't have a lot of work experience but he did well on the guess a number and uh another exercise uh his guess a number had an off by one error which he should have caught <laughs> but he turned his code too quickly <laughs> so uh these are little notes that we kind of keep uh do you remember anything about those exercises Oh, oh! I remember that one very clearly. Actually, I think that was uh, you gave you gave that one to me, and um, yeah, I remember that one very quickly because like you yeah you pointed out the error. And I was like, oh man, that one like that was like um, I, I I definitely you know I was like it was very nerve wracking. I think it was it was like I think that was maybe my first assessment or like the one one of my first yeah assessments. that's the first like, one I think yeah yeah I was you know nerve wracked like oh man like you know it's your first time doing it so like. To, to that be my first assessment and then I kind of have a big, like I got quote unquote big, big blunder in front of like the main instructor. I was like, oh, I was, I was uh, sweating bullets. Uh, so I definitely remember that one really well. In fact, actually, I remember it so well that I have a friend going through launch right now. And when he was preparing for his 109 assessment, I gave him the exact same question because like, you might get this because I got this and make sure you don't get, you know, make sure you don't get this error. <laughs> That's funny. No, we change up our, our questions. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's I, you know, we used to not do interviews um, at all. And well, what I realized is people got to the end of the curriculum and some people do well and other people would come back from their interview and say, oh, I got to ask this question. But like, that's great. That's, you know, that sounds like something that you should be able to do. And it's like, no, I just froze. Just froze on interview. And after hearing that, oh, yeah. after a certain number of times, you're just like, you're not doing people a service by sending them out there 
not have giving them any exposure to this. So we just made a decision when we um, you know revamped to launch school to add these interviews as early in the curriculum as possible because I want people to experience it. I want people to feel it. Right? It's a totally different ball game. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just about acquiring knowledge, but being able to perform. Right? Being able to perform in, in with, with other people around. So. Yeah, it's a totally, it's a very, very um, difficult uh, assessment for sure. But it will prepare you. Um, all right, I got one more quote. This is about the internship, and we should talk about that next. But um, I have a note here that says, currently spending 40 to 50 hours a week at launch school, so that's a lot of time. But starting a new front-end internship soon that pays $500 a month, mostly volunteer position, but just wants to get some experience. And then I follow it with, I think I wrote this, um, I think he has potential, meaning you. <laughs> I think he has potential <laughs> to do well if he doesn't get sidetracked by this internship. Uh, so maybe you want to talk about that a little bit. What was that internship? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, there was actually there was actually two, two couple different times where I got sidetracked. Uh, there was one time. So the very first time I got sidetracked for a front position, um, it was with a studio, and I think I think this might have been the first time you, you mentioned it, or this might have been this might have been the one that you're talking about, or the first time I got sidetracked, which was um yeah there was like a my friend was a designer working at a design studio, and he was just like uh, asking if um, I wanted any experience or like doing real projects, like oh you know it's definitely I, I forgot where I was exactly in the curriculum, but you know I think it's an issue that a lot of people go through when they go through the curriculum is they don't you don't have an exact timeline of when it's going to end. And so like there's different spots in the timeline or in the in the curriculum where it's like, you know, am I ready now? Can I get a job now? Do I have to like wait until the whole thing's over? And so I think I was like during a time I was a little more vulnerable and like, oh man, I've been in this things for a while. Hopefully like, like maybe I can get like some real portfolios like or real portfolio works and like that. And so that's when I was talking with them. Then I was a little I was a little bit hesitant. So I was saying I I brought up to you and then you kind of talked me out the first time. You're like why would you do this? Uh, right. This is uh, <laughs> this is like it sounds pretty. It, has, it sounds pretty terrible. Like in terms of a in terms of an internship. Yeah, because I can see your performance on assessments, right? I can get a feeling for your capabilities, and that just didn't sound like a good fit for you. So yeah, so that was the first one, and like uh, I think it was gonna be yeah, like you said, it's almost like a mostly volunteer base. It was, it was meant to be like an internship, like an unpaid internship, quote unquote. Um, I eventually turned that down just because I, you know, I, I uh, saw my blunders. You, you helped me realize the error in my ways. So I like, no, I'm not doing that. But I will say actually, I'd say maybe towards the end of the front end portion, I was kind of another, another, you know, I, I was very close to the end of the curriculum. And it was kind of this, another phase where I was a little more open to like sidetrack because like, oh, I'm almost done with the curriculum. Maybe I can try and find a job now. And there was another design studio, funny enough, next door to the other design studio that, that offered me the, the first internship. Uh, but this one was willing to pay me at least. And so the reason why I took that one was because I think like at this point I'd been, a, I'd been at launch school for like close to a year now. And my wife was supporting us both uh, by herself on our, on, our, on our own income. So when she saw, when she heard that I could potentially use the skill I've been developing for the past year to get some additional income, she's kind of, kind of pushing me towards that a little bit. And I think it's like something that, a lot of students go through with launch schools, like, you know, after a certain time, if, you, if you've been in the curriculum for long enough, you know, you might face some financial things or like you mm-hmm. might get tempted by like, you know, the shiny penny on the side. Cause you know, I've been doing this for a while. Maybe I can kind of exercise the fruit of my labors and get some, get some money now. Um, but it like, it ended up being pretty miserable just cause they had no idea how to use me. Like I was the first web developer who'd ever worked at design studio. And it was mainly like a design studio for designers. Like they, they were usually just making signage and like, you know, uh, physical design, mm-hmm. but they're trying to, to transition to a web development firm, which is why they hired me. Cause they thought like I can bring in some different clients and that kind of stuff. Um, it only lasted about three, three to five months. And by the summer they had no work for me. So they just kind of let me go. And I was so happy the day they let me go. <laughs> I was, yeah. So if they didn't let you go, you might still be working there. I forget exactly. So the thing is, like, most of the days, I literally had no work to do that I would do launch school while I was there. So that's kind of the reason why I kept doing it, because I was essentially getting paid to do launch school. Okay. So that's why that's why I kept doing it. But, like, it, it was it was to the point, too, where, like, it, 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 it's kind of like a big juxtaposition of, like, that job compared to, to launch, to, like, a job like DigitalOcean. I think, it, like, it definitely, it definitely really confirmed in me when you talk about having bad software jobs versus good software jobs, one of the things I hated about that job was 
they expected me to stay there till six, even though I had no work to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the boss was very traditional and he expected the workers to like, you know, clock in at a certain time and clock out at a certain time, regardless of like what work was actually there. And so I'd be there for, you know, there'd be weeks, like a week or more where literally no work. And so I just do lunch for the whole time. It was just so boring. I was like, I cramped this little office mm-hmm. doing, you know, just doing lunch school. And you know, like, I'll go on, I'll go on lunch, lunch breaks and stuff, but it was just, it was pretty and miserable. I would, I would go as far as say this. Most software development jobs are bad. Um, and whatever you mean, you know, however you want to quantify bad, but there's so much desire to like transition into software engineering. And, you know, this is something people don't think about is that they always think that they can get their foot in the door and there's like this linear progression all the way up from, you know, your, your front end internship to DigitOcean. It, it's just not like that at all. That's just not how um, progress works in our field. Maybe there was a time when that could have happened. Not anymore. There's just too many, um, you know, bootcamp grads and there's too many, um, uh, these kind of low, low level jobs for that to happen now. Most likely people just get sucked up into this churn of like low level jobs that it's kind of like dead end programming jobs. You know, there's a ton yeah. of those. Um, and so I'm glad that you uh, dodged that bullet, but you bring up a really good point, you know, financial pressure, whether from yourself, from family, external forces, so hard to manage, right? And at that time, I think uh, we didn't have a lot of data for Capstone. Um, you were one of the earlier co- cohorts. Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to you for trusting us. <laughs> but I think now <laughs> it's a little bit easier, right? We're like, hey, check out all the data, check all the salary numbers, um, y- you know, but it, it's still hard to turn down money, right? Even if it's a little bit of money, it's, it's just so difficult. So um, I guess eventually, you know, you, you, the choice is made for you. <laughs> they let you go, and then and then you did Capstone, right? Yeah, I think. I mean, if anything, I think my wife has turned into one of your biggest fans, just because you know. I think it was her that had a lot of doubt, and like I was, it was me kind of convincing her, like you know, don't worry, it's only gonna be a little bit longer. I can, I'll be able to get a really good job afterwards. And so, you know, she was definitely trusting me a lot, and I give her a lot of credit for that. Um, but I, m- I remember, I remember the day I got the DigitalOcean job. You know, what they call me back, they give me the offer. I'm on the phone. My wife is like right in front of me, kind of, uh, because she, she kind of knows it's going to be the offer letter. And so she's like, how much? Like she's whispering, how much is it? How much is it? And I was still on the phone, but I, I, I uh, give her the sign of like one, four, five, like the like 145. And like her jaw just dropped and she like started jumping around the apartment. <laughs> and so like, it's like, it's a very great memory to have. Yeah. Like, you know, coming from what, 14? $14 an hour? <laughs> Something like that? Yeah. And then having her kind of like having to like spend time convincing her like you know it's it's gonna be okay trust me, and then like finally having it like actually be validated that was that was definitely a great yeah. feeling. and and here's another thing I don't this I just updated the the results page like last week to reflect this I didn't know that people had this confusion but we have a hundred percent job placement rate in Capstone like it it's not eighty percent or ninety percent or seventy it's a hundred percent like everybody gets a job mm. we don't have a hundred percent placement at one forty five. But we have, but we have a hundred percent job placement, right? Like, um, you know that that's that that's what it is, right? We're we're overshooting a lot of a lot of places, so that you know if you don't hit one forty five, you'll hit some other offers. Um, and I want to maybe talk about your post capstone drop on a little bit because you went through a lot of um, companies, a lot of interviews, and a lot of offers. And so people always ask about you know these high offers that we get. And certainly, you know, we have a formula, right? We obviously, there's no trick. You have to go through core. You have to master fundamentals. You have to be good, right? How do you get paid a lot? Mm-hmm. You have to be good. But there's another aspect to this, which is confidence, which is the confidence to walk away. And you walked away from a lot of offers. Well, not a lot. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, especially coming, it's, it's not like you're, you know, financially independent or wealthy, right? Your, your first job, as you said, was uh, $14 an hour. And, and then, but you turned down, multiple offers and how did you do, like can i just say you had a, a 120 offer that you turned down or or i think maybe a couple 120 offers yeah. that you turned down how how did you turn those down like why why did you walk away from them when you didn't when, when you didn't have the digital digital offer yet i think there's definitely a luck factor to it so i'm not not lucky in the fact that i got the job but lucky in the fact that the jobs were not ideal for me enough to where i felt comfortable walking away i feel like if it was a great company that that was offering 120 like it would be much harder but uh, the first company i got 
it was uh, the first the first offer I got was 120, and that was like that was actually a great feeling right right at the gate to have the first offer be 120. I was like, oh my god, and I was like, that was definitely like it was probably the hardest time to turn down just because the first yeah. the first offer 120. You know, it's already kind of like in my ballpark of what I was wanting for. It's like, oh my god, this is it, this is it. And then uh, I remember talking to Kevin. I think you you kind of mentioned before that Kevin's a little more of a hardball negotiator than than yeah. most people. But I talked to Kevin. I was like, oh Kevin, I, I got this company is one twenty. He's like, good job. We can we can expect more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like his, his negotiating strategy is literally don't say a number and I like always go with more. <laughs> Yeah. I'm a little bit more, you know, like give and take, but, but yeah. So, so what happened there? Did do you remember? Like, was it? Did you negotiate and they declined and therefore you walked away, or or what was the process? So I kind of so the company was a little odd in the fact that the uh, their main business was basically converting enterprise companies that ran on-premises hardware servers to the cloud. That was their main business, but they were creating a more software division of the company. And that's what I was being hired for. Was this kind of like software, more software-ish type of the、uh, side of the company that was essentially going to be like an upsell technique. So like you know they have these customers already that they're converting to the cloud, and having the software division would be a way of upselling. Like oh, we can then create products for you. And like I, I just got the feeling that they they didn't really know they didn't know how to run software a, a company. They didn't they didn't know how to run a software company. Because、uh, the the interview was very easy. That was like the biggest red flag for me、mm. was that the interview was very easy. And I was worried that like if it was so easy for me, I'd be kind of worried like if I don't know the quality of engineering people,、uh, the quality of、uh, yeah engineering folks that would get there. And like, am I am I am I gonna be able to get mentorship here?、Mm. Am I gonna be able to really meet some super senior engineers here? Because if the the bar is so low, you know, that's kind of a, a little worrying.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, most people would be like happy. But you're you're actually used that as a red flag, which is I think I think that's a really good intuition. I I find that to be true as well. If it's too easy of an interview process, it's like yeah, who who else is working here, right? Am I going to grow and learn?、Mm-hmm. I talked to ask I I asked to talk with some of their other engineers, and just like from there, it just it came kind of more and more downhill, just because you know I asked these questions like that's a good question. I have no idea. <laughs> that's essentially what the answers were, and it's like yeah, it's not the best place. You mean like what type of question, like a programming question, or just how the business works?、Uh, how the business works? I like, you know, what am I going to be doing? What's my, what, what,、okay. what are my tasks going to be? And the guy's like, I don't know.、Gotcha. That's essentially the answer was. Yeah. So a little bit of a organizational、um, problems there. Yeah. So that was the first. That was the first offer. But I was able. To, the nice thing was that they were nice in that the fact that they didn't give me they didn't give me any like. Uh, exploding offer. You know, they were very lenient. They knew I had other, other interviews. They were able to like, they let me like extend the deadline, and they were willing to like, you know, let me interview other companies. So I was very, I was very grateful for that. And so I was able to, you know, leverage that offer into other 120 offers,、uh, or at least at least one other 120 offer.、Um, but the、uh, the issue with that company was, you know, more red flags. That company was kind of the opposite, where they gave me a one day exploding offer. And and then they upfront said like we're not going to negotiate with you like the offer we give is it and、mm-hmm. you have one day to decide essentially and it was a it was a pretty small startup too so like even though I I liked the team and like the company seemed promising like it was just not enough to overcome like like it, it just it was very shady the way they did that. Did your、and、wife give you it, any pressure? Did, was she like why are you walking away from these one twenty offers? Are you crazy? Actually, I, no. Actually, she was pretty supportive. I think, like, once I got the first offer, she was like, "Okay, you know, you're doing pretty well. Maybe you can, maybe you can get some other ones." <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. I think、um, she, yeah, she was definitely much more supportive. Gotcha. So there's a feeling of like, okay, you, you know, there's more offers down the line, probably. Yeah, I think she, you know, she understood that, like, she she trusts I can get these jobs, and she, you know, obviously she's my wife. She wants me to be happy. She wants me to have a great job, and so I was telling her kind of these red flags I was hearing. You know, she's also in the tech world. She's She's been. She's seen companies like this. She's like, oh no, don't do that. Like that's a huge red flag.、Mm-hmm. And so, like,、um, you know, I, it was great having her her expertise on my side, as long as as well as you and Kevin. Like, I feel like I had this whole corner of coaches <laughs> just like telling me like, oh, this、right. is good. No, that's bad. This is good. This is bad.、Yeah. That's weird, right? Yeah. That one day is. I remember that, and I and I think to this day. So it's been you know a couple years. To this day, I don't think we've had another one of those. So that is that is rare and.、Um, I'm I'm glad that you walked, but just having the confidence to walk, you know, like it's t- to walk away from 120, and 
and you know, I said most software jobs are bad, and I kind of insinuated that low-paying ones are, but some high-paying ones are too, right? So yeah. you got to avoid those too. So I don't want people just to get a high-paying job. Like, if if you were to ask me what to optimize for, it's always the good jobs. But the good jobs are very correlated with high salaries, right? But if there's a high-paying bad job versus a low-paying good job, I would say take the low-paying good job, because in mm. the long run, in the long run you know, your trajectory is going to be set at a different angle and, you know, you're going to make up for it over, over time. So uh, it's always about the good job, regardless of the salary. But again, such tight correlation between good jobs and salary, right? Yeah, and the other, the other point you made about, like, you know, how I was able to be confident. I mean, one of them definitely was having you guys in my corner. That was, like, having you guys kind of rallying me, rallying behind me to give me confidence. That was one huge thing. Also, just, like, um, having, you know, I... I, I wasn't burdened by like a timeline. Like um, I know I, I want to get a job as soon as possible, but I realized like, you know, I've been having this great success so far. Like, you know, I was able to get a couple of good offers. You know, if I give myself just another, another month or two, I'm sure I can get another good offer. Like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't burdened by like scarcity mind for like, oh, this, this is the only jobs that are ever going to be there. Like I, I knew I had other interviews in the pipeline. Just like, you know, kind of, kind of forgiving myself. Like, you know, you can, you can, let, you can let this one go. You're not, you don't have to get a job in the next two weeks. Like, you know, see right. how it goes. You know, kind of, give it, kind of giving yourself some leeway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's all comes from confidence. I mean, these high salaries is just the confidence to walk away from lower offers because it, it's very rare for, for the highest offer to just pop up. It's, it's that you have to walk away from the lower ones and then having the confidence to, you know, negotiate and, and, yeah, and step away, and 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 yeah, just keep interviewing too, right? So, yeah, all that is important. Um, and then you ended up at DigitalOcean, which is your ideal company. You had a list, and I guess GitHub was in there too, but DigitalOcean won out. Um, and but you, you actually skipped a level of DigitalOcean, did you? Uh, when you first when you first started? Yeah. So uh, I started DigitalOcean as a uh, what they call IC two, so individual contributor two, or I guess also software engineer two. Um, so yeah, we have a IC one, which I guess is usually reserved for uh, new grads. So new people out of college will usually get uh, hired as an IC one. So yeah, I came in as an IC two, and I'm very very thankful for that. That was a that was kind of a crazy process. I think like I was just able. I think part of the reason was I was just able to do really well in the interview because um, I remember during the interview they kind of threw a lot of um, like computer science stuff, which like, like lower level computer science stuff, which we learned, um, like some of it we learned in Capstone and some of it I learned just from reading all the other Capstone white papers. So mm -hmm. when I went during my job search, I, I read the workerholics, uh, job, uh, white, white, white paper that was all about multi-threading versus multi-processes, which was great actually. Cause that was like a lot of the questions I got was like from concurrency and parallelism what are threads, what are processes, all these like kind of lower level computer science stuff, which I learned all from that, that white paper. Um, so yeah, it was like, it was definitely a, one of the, one of the tougher interviews I had, but I think it was, I was lucky in the fact that it was one of the, it was like my, I don't know, maybe 10th onsite interview. So like by that, by that time I had quite a bit of experience, you know, kind of learning how, learning the patterns with onsites, kind of like knowing what they're looking for how to kind of structure my answers right and um just like you know this being my 10th one i wasn't as nervous like right. practice and uh, yeah interviewing is a skill right you yeah you can is. get good at it i don't i feel like there's too too many people that are just like uh, there's two types of people that i think it's the wrong approach the first is i'm just gonna go interview <laughs> without any preparation and just wing it <laughs> right and just try to express enthusiasm and try to overpower people for good jobs you're not gonna succeed um, uh, for these high paying, you know, really good jobs. They're going to really want to know that want to see that, you know, your stuff. The second type is where they're afraid to interview. You know, they want to make sure that they want to pass every single interview. And I think that's mm -hmm. also the wrong approach, right? So both approaches need, need, you need to sort of meet in the middle, um, a little bit where you're afraid to interview at all. You will get better, especially this is advice for capstone grads, right? You will get better, um, as you interview more. Right, but don't also don't interview too early because then you're gonna get blown out of the water and feel demoralized. So there's that um, middle ground. But for most of our capstone students, they're more than ready to interview. They're just they just have to understand that it's a it's a skill that you can get better at over time as well and not be afraid. 
to interview. Um, and that, that kind of reminds me too, like I, I see, I'm in a very kind of interesting spot because I see a ton of people across the country interviewing f- with companies, you know, across the country, across the world, frankly, because we have people in Canada now as well in, Canada, uh, in Capstone. Um, and I see a lot of interview processes and employers, this is, I guess, not really to do with your experience specifically, Sunny, but this is, this employers really need to improve their process. And so many, so many employers are just like kind of winging it. Um, and so when you zoom in to one specific interview, like yours at DigitOcean, you may say, oh, I got lucky, I read Workaholic, and, you know, uh, these questions are asked. Um, but if you zoom out to the entire process, you know, it's, you've already gotten two 120 offers. So, I mean, it's not completely luck either, right? So I think if you ask anybody who got an offer, it is the combination of, like, the employer's process and, and you know, what you know, um, and that just happened to match up. So it's lucky in that way. But at the same time, with enough preparation, you will find more matches. Yeah. I think uh, talking about your last point about like how I was able to skip a level, I realize now also too one of the other reasons I was able to skip a level was like you said I had these other offers, and so when I was talking with the recruiter um, about like oh you know the typical recruiter question is are you interviewing are you are you talking with anybody else, and so I was like oh yeah you know at that point I had already talked with GitHub, and then I actually I also had had a recruiter call with Google which didn't go anywhere, but technically I still talked with them. So I still kind of answered the question. And so like, oh yeah, I talked with GitHub and Google. And so, you know, having these other offers and then kind of name dropping some of the company I was talking with, I think that that also kind of bumped up the level I was with because I think they were able to see, oh, these other these other companies have validated him. We feel comfortable giving him an, like an IC2 position. Right, especially if you did a lot of interviews. Yeah, and you know what? If they didn't yeah. and the offer is lower and GitHub gave you a, you know, huge offer, I mean, maybe that would have change things too so you never know so yeah. i'm glad that it came in strong um maybe we'll end with this last topic here which is you are currently doing a computer science degree while you're working at DigitOcean. is that is that right yeah and so i'm interested in learning why did you decide to pursue a computer science degree you already work at DigitalOcean. A lot of people will ask, you know, why, why would you want to go get a degree? Because you already sort of met the goal of a degree. What was your thinking there? Yeah, I would say there's, there's two main points to it. Uh, the first being, like, coming from a non-traditional background, you typically hear a lot of, or there seems to be a lot of high regard for computer science in the tech industry. You know, there's still, I guess, people in the quote-unquote old guard who can still only consider people with computer science degrees to be, like, true engineers, I guess. So mm-hmm. there's kind of a, a curiosity aspect to, you know, what's this computer science degree all about? So there was that aspect to it. And the fact that my employer was able to, was willing to pay for the vast majority of it, I figured like, you know, if I can learn anything from it, it's worth it. It's, it's, it's affordable. I can, I can get that. I can, I can, I can see what all the hype is about. And I can maybe if, you know, there's all this theory that I, I wasn't able to get, you know, cause launch school is much more applicable. They teach you kind of the day-to-day skills you need in the job, which I think is more valuable anyways. But as I was, I wanted to kind of get that theory background too, because there was definitely some things that ran into a DigitalOcean that having not encountered them in a, a more theory-based education, I wasn't really aware of what it was. So like some things like the thundering herd problem and split brain and all these kind of various mm-hmm. computer science problems you might encounter or you might hear about in theory classes. So that was, that was definitely something I was curious about, about, about learning. And the second part was just kind of more like uh, just wanting to pad my resume a little bit, just still being kind of new to the te- tech industry, uh, I guess having that, you know, little badge of approval, like saying I have a, a computer science degree, was like, it was, I figured it would be a nice little pad to my resume. And the funny thing was, like, as soon as I put it on LinkedIn, like I wasn't even finished yet. I had, I, I had still, you know, on LinkedIn it says, you know, when are you going to graduate? So I put a year out. And and um, even when I put that up there, it's it saying I hadn't graduated yet. I was, I was getting a recruiter in mail saying, Oh, I'm very impressed by your DigitalOcean and your in your in your computer science degree. So I was like, it was kind of a, a a bewildering. Like, I guess it's still like you know people still look at this as like a how far a along are you Google. in your degree? I'm actually at the last class. Last, oh, class you're almost done. Congratulations. Um, yeah. So I think you're in a good position. I mean, having gone through core curriculum capstone and nearly done with the computer science degree, what what any any takeaways from sort of comparing contrast the two experiences? Um, any thoughts there that might help others? Oh, launch schools, but hands and away, much better. 
Um, I actually I, like. I, I, um, I didn't expect that answer. Like, I, this is not a setup question, right? Like, what? What's no? Yeah, uh, it's just like. Um, so I, I, a little bit of story is that I joined the Slack channel for the computer science degree that I'm in, and this is after you know a year and a half working DigitalOcean. I've written some Medium blog articles, and so that like had gotten a little bit of buzz. And actually, one one student in the Slack channel messaged me, uh, like because he recognized my name. And he's like, oh, yeah, are you the person that wrote this? Like, oh, yeah, like, I'm glad you liked it. And I was like, yeah, I, actually, I, I think I, I kind of introduced him to Launch School from one of those articles. Mm. And he was going through the, the core curriculum. I was like, yeah, like, the Launch School's curriculum just uh, just seems so much more structured and just um, more applicable. Oh, this is the other um, student saying that? So he's going yeah, this is a student. both as this well? Is, yeah, so he's also going through both. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, like, I, I definitely say I will learn quite a bit. So the, there's a upcoming tech talk that I'm going to give uh, at the end of April called How Prime Numbers Keep the Internet, Internet Secure. And it's all about, like, the, the fundamentals of HTTPS and public key and private key encryption and kind of like the, 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 a little bit like the algorithms that go into that and, like, how, how the Internet is actually kept secure. And I will say I learned all of that, actually, from one of my uh, computer science courses. So I, don't, I will not say, like, I'm not going to say it was, I didn't learn anything. I definitely mm -hmm. learned quite a bit. But when it comes to, like, day-to-day -day things, I would say working in my job on a day-to-day -day basis helped me much more completing the course computer science program than vice versa. Like, I would say there's very few things I learned in the computer science degree that was I was immediately able to turn around and apply to my day-to-day -day job. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think, yeah, computer science degree is always always kind of hard because they're trying to prepare people for, you know, maybe for some, an academic career in computer science, right? And, and others, uh, sort of an application. But even even in, in, in industry, um, it runs the gamut in terms of, I mean, not everybody who's in a computer science degree goes on, does full stack development, right? They do all kinds of, uh, you know, there's software and everything, right? <laughs> in your refrigerator and a printer, I mean, you can work on all kinds yeah. of software. So. It, it, it's it's tough when you are trying to be vague in your goal, right? Prepare somebody for, like, it's like a, a training program that allows you to become a baseball player, a football player, or a basketball player versus, like, a training program that trains you how to be a point guard in basketball or something like that, right? It's, like, just targeted versus general. Um, and, yeah, so for launch school, we're yeah. definitely targeted. I mean, that was like my, so that was my main criticism of not only like my current CS degree, but like my last degree too. I, so when I, when I graduated with oceanography back in 2012, that was my other criticism was, it feels like they're trying to introduce you to everything that is in this field. And so there's very little specialization, but like specialization is where you tend to like get all the job skills from, because they want you to, the, the employer wants you to specialize in something so they can pay you for it. And so that's like, I've noticed that yeah, having gone through now two degree programs, that's like my biggest criticism of just the, I guess the traditional um, model is just like they're trying to, they're trying to expose you to everything, but at the same time you don't specialize in anything. Like in my current program, they show you, they introduce you to three different computer languages. So like Python, C++ and Java, and, but it's only for one course each. So I've, I've barely learned any of it either any of them like i only know some basic syntax for each one one course that's like um, a semester or how, how how long is the course uh so in in the model that i'm doing it like the the the, the program is actually kind of similar to, to, to launch school where it's self-paced so you can take as long as you want which each class um but you just need to pass a test at the end and that test determines whether you pass or fail the class and so the class can be as long as you want mm. um I, I would say they usually range like a month like I usually okay. have, um, each month, each course I've done it so far is a month, just because you know, I having that's been on a job. Bad. That's not too bad. A month no, it's in, definitely not in, too bad. In one of these, I mean, there's there's boot camps out there that 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 cover a language like JavaScript in a couple weeks or something. Oh yeah, like especially for people yeah, like not I, no program background at all. You know, like just here's here's two weeks on JavaScript. Boom, you got it. <laughs> Next. No, that's that's too that's too too little time. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's like my main criticism, but at the same time, like the theory, the, I would say there's definitely been some theory things that have been useful. So kind of like what I'm saying with the uh, prime number stuff. Um, but actually one thing I wanted to kind of uh, bring up is I think a lot of, especially like core curriculum and capstone people, 
they're they're uncertain if they, you know if they can compete in the job market with the skills from law school. It's like you know they have all these bootcamp grads, computer science degree people. Like, are, am I really going to be able to compete with those other people that are joining the tech field? Like, am I going to compete with them for jobs? And one little kind of funny anecdote that I learned after joining DigitalOcean was that there had actually been another person competing for the same position as me who had a master's degree. And I, this is this is computer science master's degree or master's degree? Yeah, in computer science. Okay. Um, I think in computer science. And so this is after I got the job. You know, I'm looking through Slack, and I found a channel where they were uh, they had talked about some kind of previous candidates who were, who are looking uh, going after uh, the same position as me. And I noticed that one of them, they're they talking about one of them that had a, a master's degree. And it's like, they're kind of un, unimpressed by the fact that he didn't know, you know the difference between threads and processes and like these things that they would expect from a person with a master's degree. And here I come, no no computer science degree, whatever, no no job really from the tech industry at all. And I'm able to beat him out for this job. So I thought that was like a, a, a nice little like, something like that's something that a launch school can brag about is they're able to compete with the best of them in the job market that's awesome yeah yeah exactly i yeah i don't think we have to worry about boot camp grads for the most part right i mean there's good ones of course but you know um our, our competitions for the most part people experience engineers you know for these roles um and and or uh you know maybe in new york city like nyu comp sci grads or something like that um so I think I think that's all the questions I had today. What did, I mean, thanks for first of all being willing to be so open. I know I put you on a spot a little bit there with the the quotes from your early days, and uh, but I I, I, I I just wanted people to see that you know the the bar is pretty high at launch school, but it's for a reason, right? When you finish, and uh, one of the things I'm trying to do this season on the podcast is to interview people who have been working for a while. You know, you've been working for two years. You're not just a recent grad who landed a job you have been working for a couple of years you doing well you're getting promoted and you had lots of opportunities and offers it's not just this you know one like you got lucky so we're talking to you right so um yeah thanks for sharing your story i think this is um hopefully it helps other people give them more confidence and also just to show what it can look like if you can you know cross that chasm and it doesn't take too long right it, we're just talking about a few years for a a great career, right? That's not, that's a great, that's a great trade-off, I, I think, as long as you're not in huge, uh, you know, financial trouble or something like that. But, you know, short-term, long-term. I think two years might seem like, from, from when you first hear it, two years might seem like a long time, but in the long run, it's a blip on the radar. You know, I'm going to forget. I'm probably like 30 years from now, I'm going to look back on these days like, oh, that was the good days. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, especially when it unlocks so much. Right. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to unlock this really, really hard puzzle. And it's not two years just for some random goal. Right. And like I always mm -hmm. say, most programming jobs in tech, you have to avoid most. Right. But it's worth vying for some of the some of the good ones. So anyway, um, yeah, thanks for, um, you know, being on the podcast, Sonny. And I know you're, you're super active on our forums to on our Slack forums uh, chat room as well. So um, in and you know, we'll, we'll keep in touch. Maybe we'll, we'll touch base again next season on a podcast. Just keep updated in terms of what you're doing and monitor your career. Yeah, for sure. That sounds great. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Okay. All right. Thanks. Have a good day. Thanks for listening to the Launch School Podcast. Check back for new episodes and don't forget to like, subscribe, and review.